Hello, and welcome back to a Yavna podcast. Today, I'm very excited that we have the Gitzel Levin as our guest. Some background about Gitzel. She is from Teaneck, New Jersey. She spent her Shana Ba'aretz at Nishmat and now is a junior at Binghamton studying biochem. She is my Yavna mentee turned really close friend, turned roommate. And fun fact about Gitzel is that she shares the same birthday with Billie Eilish down to the year. So everyone can wish Gitzel and Billie Eilish a happy birthday on December 18th. Thank you, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you, Gitzel. Why don't we start off talking about kind of the leadership you do in your community at Binghamton um, and kind of what, what made you gravitate towards that leadership and specifically to Torah Learning? So I am the learning education chair for our Orthodox student group on campus. This is the third semester that I've been the learning chair, which uh, is really fortunate to have been in this position for so long. Why did I gravitate towards leadership? So just in a general sense, the way that I was brought up, just sort of the values that my parents instilled in me and that their parents instilled in them was just like serving your community, specifically your Jewish community, is just like a basic obligation, basic responsibility. When there is something that needs to be filled, something that needs to be served, it's your job to step up and do it. And even if there isn't necessarily a role to be filled, like, you know, it's important to be a voice to help support other people. Specifically for Torah learning, I really like Torah learning. And I first was on the G board my first semester, the general board for um, Binghamton. And, and then the position opened up and I was like, yeah, this is something I really want to do and I'm really passionate about and I have some good ideas. Fantastic. And kind of, ha ha don't you have a billion things on your plate, Gitzel? How do you kind of this, you spoke beautifully about this idea of kind of these values instilled in you. How did that, um, did that motivate you to kind of able to balance um, your school work with all the other things you have things as a college student with leadership? Uh, so yes, I do have a billion things on my plate. As Hannah said, I'm a, I'm a STEM major, so I have a lot going on. When something is important to you, you'll make time for it. Someone asked me recently if I'm involved in any other clubs and um, activities on campus and I was like well I don't, I don't really know like not really I'm, I'm in I work in a lab or I, the past few semesters I worked in a lab I was like the Jewish community is kind of like my club but that's because as I said it's a basic responsibility I believe it's a basic responsibility to be involved in helping out your community whether that is an official position or just you know the little bits and pieces that need to be done so to me, it's not like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, no, like, this is part of my daily routine. Beautiful. I don't go to Binghamton. So Gizzle, tell us, what. tell me Tell me what tour events exist at Binghamton. So at Binghamton, most learning events and most Jewish events in general are run either by JLIC or Chabad. And both of them have daily, weekly, monthly learning events uh, that occur, whether it's sort of staff-led. So Rabbi or Rebetzin is giving a shiur or it's student-led with different students giving chabrot during the week on Shabbos, or just some um, open Beit Midrash type learning where 
where people can, you know, have the time and space to meet up with their chafrutot and learn together and learn on your own. Just like, for example, every Thursday we have Mishmar, where we have about an hour where people can just, you know, come to the Beit Midrash. There's in the JLIC house and learn either on their own. And uh, like about half an hour in, we have a student that leads a chabura for about 30 minutes. And it's really nice that we have that sort of mixture of different types of learning for, you know, different crowds. Fantastic. And get to someone who, Hannah may know this, but I don't, I still don't go to Binghamton. So is the kind of the learning that happens with JLIC, is that different than the type of learning that goes on at Chabad? Yeah, I would say the learning that goes on at Chabad is more um, staff run. So it's a lot more of the, there's four um, Shluchim families. So there's basically eight people who are available to be giving uh, Shirim. Whereas at JLIC, there's only Ben and Eli who are awesome. And they do do a lot of uh, Shirim and Chaburo during the week on, on Shabbos. Um, but because it, we don't have like as many, as much staff, it's a lot more student runs. There's a lot more student autonomy. So we have a lot more initiatives coming from the actual student body and students teaching other students, students supporting other students. And um, really, like I would say at GLIC, the students are more of the drive for the learning that happens. Right. And I, I know this the question was for Gitzel, but just to piggyback off of that, Having been president of our Orthodox community last year, anytime we wanted to work with JLIC on a learning event, the idea came from the students and we brought it to JLIC and they're like, that's awesome. Let's partner. Let's make it happen together. But really, it's all bottom up initiatives. So as Hannah was talking about, like, and you were talking about these kind of bottom up initiatives, why do you think it's important for, for this kind of Torah learning, this Torah community to be student led? What, what does that give to the students? What does that um, give to the community? I'll start with that. I think that student-led learning is a little bit of a misnomer because, okay, so right now we're in college, so we're students. And in that regard, we're still people who are receiving education and we're the ones who are we're actively learning. And obviously throughout your life, you're always going to be, you know, a bit of a student. Uh, but right now we're sort of like actively in the student mode. But just because we're students in this one regard in terms of our secular education doesn't necessarily mean that we're students in every other regard. And part of, you know, this transition from yeshiva, midrasha, high school, whatever it is, to the adult world is starting that transition from being a student to a teacher. So while it is student-led learning, really it is just, it's like teacher-led learning. I think it's really important on first as like for personal responsibility for someone to take the initiative and say, I really want to be meaningful and intentional about my learning. It's important for me not to just sit there and be passive at a shir or at a chabura and just like listening. But psychologically, the best way to actually make sure that you're learning something is to also teach it. If you just sit there and listen, okay, if you ask me what the what the contents of Ben's shir was, like he gives a shir after Kiddush each week. If you ask me the contents of it from a year ago, I can't remember it. But if you ask me about the chabur that I gave two weeks ago, I could tell you everything. From a personal perspective, it's really important for you to say, if I want to take my learning seriously, obviously learning in any regard is, is important. But if you want to really in depth, be intentional about it, it's important to take on that teacher role. From a communal level, it's also important to place importance on student learning. If you're just reliant upon the staff-led learning and saying that they're responsible for it, 
you're not going to have that strength of the community that really is passionate and places importance on learning. By having it be student-led, or as I'm saying, really teacher-led, you're saying that this community cares about the learning and about the tour that goes on from in between students and those conversations that happen. Basically, it's saying that the, the learning that students have isn't just like, okay, it's not just students, but it places importance upon that learning as well. Uh, and it's legitimate and it's, and it's important. Why do you think it's important on an individual level to make time in your schedule to learn Torah, specifically in college? On my application to become a, the chair for learning for the board, and Hannah can tell you this, uh, they asked a question that was similar to this, like, why is it important to have learning on college campus? And all I put down for that question was the first paragraph of Shema. Because, you know, on the most, on the most simple level, you're a Jew, like you have an obligation to learn. That's, that's it. Like, you have, it's a mitzvah, you should do it. On a more sort of, um, I guess, analytical level. As an Orthodox Jew, I usually feel very comfortable saying, you know, I'm Shomer Shabbat, I'm Shomer Kashrut. Uh, I don't I don't think about it. It's just like, and, and why should I think about it? I, you know, go to Minyan on Shabbos. I, I don't use my phone on Shabbos. You know, to, to anyone else, like it looks like, yeah, I am a Shomer Shabbat Jew and, and I go through the motions and, and I do it. Or with Kashrut, you know, I, I eat at the kosher corner, which is the kosher kitchen on campus. In my house, I have a kosher kitchen. I don't eat meat and milk together. Like I, I go through the motions, but something that I heard once, which I think is a little bit radical, but it's something to think about is you can't really call yourself a Shomer Shabbat Jew or a Shomer Kashrut Jew if you're not consistently learning the halachot of Shabbat and the halachot of Kashrut. If you ask me right now, do I know 70% of the laws of Shabbat, you know, you know, very well? I don't know if I could say yes to that. I don't, you know, obviously I've learned laws of Shabbat, but definitely not all of it. Just because I've been keeping Shabbat since I can remember doesn't necessarily mean that I know the intricacies of each part. I think it's important that as Orthodox Jews, we're so comfortable saying that we're Shomer Shabbat, we're Shomer Kashrut. But are we actually putting in the effort, the time to make sure that that's truthful, that, that we we actually know what we're talking about when we say those things and that we're not just sort of like, you know, running through the motions. It's important to, you know, continuing your education, not just in college, but throughout your life, because unfortunately for many of us, there isn't going to be a time where we are so active in the Beit Midrash. You're going to have to find those times and places in your life to put in that learning so that you can be confident when you say, yes, I'm an Orthodox Jew, I keep Shabbat, I keep Kashrut, and all the other mitzvot that come along with it. So, so Gitzel, do you mainly learn kind of practical halacha? Does the community of Binghamton mostly learn practical halacha? I think there's definitely a variety of things. Uh, we have once a week our Halacha U class, which right now we're learning Halacha Shabbat. And I think in general, a lot of people do learn practical Halacha, but obviously everything else is definitely important too. I know Rav Ben, he gives like a Tefillah Chabura, not just like, you know, like laws of Tefillah, but it's like a workshop to help make your davening more inspirational and more meaningful. And I, last year I had a Chabruta with Ellie. We were learning Chavot uh, Alevavot. I think that there's obviously on campus, there's do have the importance placed on not just practical halacha, but also the more, um, what would you call it? 
spiritual, emotional. I mean, right? Some people don't like learning practical halacha, but they want to learn Tanakh or Jewish philosophy or other uh, or Gemara, right? Other things that don't necessarily have practical ramification, but they may find spiritual meaning or um, experiential experiential meaning getting close to Hashem through that learning, um, acquiring Jewish knowledge beyond halacha. I think really to drive home Gitzel's point, something that I heard a few years ago that I think about a lot is Rav Soloveitchik said that whatever degree you get in your secular studies, your Torah learning should be on par with that degree. So I'm graduating in May with a BS and a BA. Can I confidently say that my Torah learning is at the level of a BS and a BA? I don't know. And then when I go to grad school, is my Torah learning going to be at grad school level? I don't know. I I hope one day I can get there, but that's just something to think about. I agree. I'll take uh, a different position, perhaps. I think I actually disagree very much with that perspective. I think we have to be realistic as college students, kind of the time we have. If you think going to college is a positive, for one, because the world of the secular knowledge is a value in and of itself, and pursuing a career is a value in and of itself, and pursuing things you enjoy is a value in and of itself, then I think going, and if you think so, you think those are values and going to college is a value. I think at the end of the day, you're spending a lot of time on classwork and that involves a sacrifice when it comes to your Torah learning. I have never met a college. There are very, very few college students who can do that, can really learn as much Torah as they learn other studies. And I don't think that's necessarily such a problem. I mean, it, it's obviously in an ideal world when if you had unlimited time, you could learn as much Torah learning as you could, as you wanted to. I think given the situation, learning Torah is not going to, you're not going to be able to spend hours and hours and hours a day learning Torah in college. Um, I think the narrative perhaps we should be focusing on for learning Torah in college is more of a, instead of an accumulation of knowledge perspective, more of an experiential perspective. Are you taking time out of your day to really kind of tap into the spiritual, tap into tap into that relationship to God and finding things you enjoy to learn? And, and that could be, for some people, that might require two hours a day. For some people, that require half an hour a day. Uh, but just that consistent, right? Right? you should kind of speak toward day and night that that's kind of kind of there's different perspectives on how to fulfill that in, in the Gemara but the really I think it's important to that experiential thing I think is something that's maybe perhaps more important than accumulation of knowledge in college hey Ryan knowledge in college I agree with you that it's definitely more qualitative than quantitative I think it's it's very much like an honesty thing about being honest with yourself about how you spend your own time meaning I could say to myself, and I do this, I do this a lot, that um, when I'm like getting ready to like sit down to work and to get like my stuff done. So I'm like, I'm going to spend, you know, like these are, these are things I'm going to get done. I'm going to do all this like schoolwork and, and then I'm going to, uh, like, I, I always have on like my to-do list. Like then I'm going to do my, I, I do Rambam Yomi. So I'll do my parak of Rambam and then, you know, maybe prepare for like learning for this week and whatever. I always, I always put that last. I like put my schoolwork first and then, and then do that, do the other stuff later. Um, and because of that, sometimes I don't necessarily like, you know, get that done because I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm in college right now. I need a school first. And like, that's really important. And, and obviously I'm in college, like it's important to like, you know, keep your grades up and, and everything. But I think it's also, you know, an honesty thing, like what it really hurt for me to put that Mishnah first thing on my list or even second on my list if it only takes me 20 minutes to do mm-hmm. right kind of thinking about prioritizing right not that you're going to push off your schoolwork and it's in the baby drive all day but kind of thinking creating a reasonable expectation for yourself okay this is the amount of time i want i can learn torah this week and i want to learn torah this week 
let's make sure that doesn't get distracted. Because obviously, as students, we're kind of always being pulled in all these different directions. It's often easy to kind of lose that and to, to kind of say, no, I can learn. I have the time to learn this mission, this kind of this goal of mine, wherever that is. And I can make time for that if I prioritize it. Maybe it's kind of putting a specific point in your schedule or um, in any way that kind of that works to for people to prioritize. Um, in a similar vein, I think that just again with, I think time is probably like the most, um, is where I, I know for myself and I feel like I could speak for a lot of other people is where we get caught up in things, you know, where it's like, you know, I can, I feel very okay, like staying up until however, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep at like 1030. And then all of a sudden it's like, like 11 30 it's like why haven't i sleepy eyes because i've been like watching dairy girls on netflix but like what like why like but why am i not okay staying up until you know however much longer i was planning to stay up until learning or something i think one of the hardest things in terms of learning on campus or just learning in life in general is being intentional about making yourself space and time for your learning and where we might make ourselves excuses for other things saying you know Make an excuse for Torah learning. I think that's that's a good perspective. But I think like we also have to be, another thing we have to be realistic about is it's very difficult to use your mind, intellectual capacities all day for 12 hours a day, right? You spend a lot of time in class and a lot of time doing schoolwork and then you're thinking and thinking. It's really hard to kind of sit down with uh, and then think more about with um, Torah learning. And that's obviously a struggle, but I think sometimes a little Dairy Girls it, um, might be necessary to relax and if we spent every night learning Zvachim, uh, it might we might burn out very quickly. So I think again, the like you're emphasizing, this balance is so important. Switching topics um, a little, do you want to talk about how the learning in college has been different for for you and for, for kind of your peers than the learning you did in and then the learning done in yeshiva slash seminary? Sure, obviously it's different. There's a lot of different directions you can take this question in in terms of how different it is but i think one of the biggest differences is again that space so when you're in yeshiva so when you want to go learn you're either in a classroom or the baby josh and in the baby josh it's so convenient it's so easy everything's at your fingertips if you have a question you just you know turn to the person next to you turn to your rav or your rabbinit and and you just ask a question and it's right there it's right there in front of you definitely in binghamton but I'm sure in other campuses as well, the space for tour learning isn't necessarily so convenient or conventional or at your fingertips. We have a big midrash on campus, but it's on the third floor of a building that you kind of have to like, you know, you have to know how to get there. And it's small. And, you know, Hannah and I went there earlier this week to start a chavruta and the safer we were looking for wasn't even there. Oh, so sad. Thank God for Safaria. Yeah, thank God for Safaria. So gets a so kind of like kind of beyond that space of the difference in between kind of college and yeshiva or seminary. Do you think there should be different goals in the learning that's done in college versus yeshiva or seminary? A hundred percent. On a quantitative level, um, I think physically you don't have the ability to learn as much as you did in Israel. On a more qualitative level, again, I think the practical halacha is like really important. If you grew up in a Orthodox or an Orthodox household, you're not reliant upon just like, you know, having like your parents, your siblings, your community who like are obviously very influential in helping you keep halacha. And so for the first time, you're facing new situations that involve new different halachic uh, perspectives and realities 
that it's important for you to be knowledgeable about. So I think, you know, that little practical halakha, even stuff that like you think that you've known your entire life, I think it's really important to go over not even in like sort of like you don't have to like go through the Gemara or Ramba or like like kids or Shulchanarach or or just like like just something like that just to go over it um for yourself and to be knowledgeable in that I I think that's one important goal and then just a second important goal college is a really good time for you to finally you know learn the things that you've been wanting to learn about if there's something that's like been frustrating you or something you just like you've never had the chance to learn before even if just like a couple minutes once a week doing a little bit of research on or or doing a little bit of learning on I think that's something important because you're young and you have the time later on in life you might not necessarily have the time to look into those questions how has Yavna the Yavna Fellowship influenced and affected your leadership on campus? Okay, so I would say mentorship has probably been the biggest thing. Thank you, Hannah, for being a great mentor. We often have, you know, sort of these like nightly debriefs or, or like weekly debriefs about just like things going on in our lives, but often or really long car rides. Hannah and I have taken a lot of three, four hour car rides together. <laughs> And we often talk about a lot of different ideas and problems within the Jewish sphere, Jewish world. And I think a lot of those conversations have really changed my perspective on a lot of things, especially being an Orthodox student on campus. And everyone knows like you come from your year in Israel or you come from high school and everything has kind of been like very easy up until that point and all of a sudden you're sort of like hit to this harsh reality of secular college or at least that was my experience of it and you're like wait this is not what I was expecting why are things like this whatever and having Hannah to sort of like you know take my hand and be like it's gonna be okay like you're gonna get through this and and recognizing the 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 positives and the really cool complexities about college campus that actually can help you grow as a Jew and as a human being so I'm very thankful for Yavna for providing me that and and also just the awesome staff that of Yavna and, and the conversations that I've had with other students one of the best things you can do for yourself is just, you know, expanding your perspective and gaining new insights about different things. Because often you can get really sort of like locked into your own box and be like, why, why are things this way? Why why can't it be one way? And then you talk to someone and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like maybe we can try this new thing. Maybe we can try that new thing. Instead of just, you know, constantly complaining and being upset about the way, the about the status quo. Amazing. Just to fill in the listeners at home, Yavna has a mentorship program where the first year fellows and the Yavna Fellowship are paired up with a Yavna fellow who is older student and they meet and they can kind of develop this mentorship um, relationship, which is can be really impactful. Um, as Gitzel has explained, Hannah Kaplan, the co-host of this podcast, is Gitzel's mentor. And it sounds like it's been a wonderful uh, part of Gitzel's um interaction and relationship with Yavna. I can say it's also been a really big part of my Yavna experience also, because Gitzel and I did go from being mentor-mentee, and also she was the learning chair when I was president, but then we have become really good friends, and we live together. So thank you, Yavna, for the shidduch. To paraphrase the Gemara, I've learned much from my teachers, more from my colleagues, and most from my mentees. Or I've learned, or even better, I've learned much from my mentors, more from my mentors, and most, most for my mentees. We'll go with that one. 
Tinus 7A. Actually? Yeah, I had to Google it. It wasn't on the top of my head. <laughs> okay, that was very impressive, Zeb. See, guys, this is what you learn Torah on campus. Gitzel, so thank you for speaking so nicely about mentorship. How have you utilized the Yavna network to create Torah learning? Through Yavna, there is this really great network of all the learning chairs on different campuses in the U.S. Uh, I can tell you how many people are on it right now. Give me a second. For the non-college students at home, most college campuses have kind of boards of the Orthodox community. Almost, I think, I assume everyone has a Torah learning chair. Um, so that's what Gittel is describing. So there's 19 people on this chat. And it's there's, there's Rutgers, Brandeis, Drexel, Cornell, Queens, Johns Hopkins, Maryland, and more that are on this chat. If you are listening at home and you are a learning chair on your college campus, reach out to... You can reach out to me. I can, I can add you. Reach out to Gittel. Find her email. And she'll add you to the group chat. Hey! Could be utilized a little bit more, for sure. But No, Gittel, don't say that. You, you, you should utilize it more. I should utilize it more, but um, it is really helpful sometimes just for some logistical things about uh, how to help other people engage their fellow college students on campus. And it's just also good to know the other people who are doing the same things you are, going through the same struggles, going through the same positive things that you are. Um, it's definitely a nice network to uh, be a part of. We're now going to transition to the, this is our second episode. So, so far, we've, we asked the first guest three questions, kind of rapid fire, make it quick. So we'll start, we have three questions for you, starting with who is your favorite Jewish leader in history? Could I give two answers? Yes, Gitzel, you can give two answers. Okay. Um, Professor Deborah Lipstadt, Judge Ruchi Fryer. I can say I want to know more. What the format? It's killing me. It's supposed to be rapid fire. Can she elaborate? I have a really cute answer for why I chose both. Okay, please. Okay, really quickly, for those of you who don't know, Deborah Lipstadt is a Holocaust historian and professor at Emory. And she basically in 2001 went through this huge libel lawsuit with this guy, David Irving, who was at the time a really prominent, a respected historian, but he was a huge Holocaust denier. And anyways, he sued her for libel because she was like, you're a Holocaust denier. And he was like, no, I'm not. Um, and it was a really awesome trial. And she's a really awesome person. Read, there's a book on it. It's called Denial. Everyone should read it. She's really, really cool. And then Judge Ruffy Fryer is a Hasidic judge in Brooklyn. And she's the first female Hasidic judge. And she also started Ezra Nashim, which is the only all-women's volunteer ambulance corps that exists, I want to say, in the world to help provide emergency medical services for women because most Hatzala agencies only allow men to serve on them. I'm an EMT, so it means a lot to me. I used to think that these people had nothing to do with each other, like Deborah Lipstadt and Rick I thought they had nothing to do with each other. But then one day I saw that Deborah Lipstadt retweeted the article from, I think it was the New York Times, that talked about the Ezra Nashim getting their first ambulance. And she was like, it was... um. Like from strength to strength is what she like quoted with it. And I was like, oh my God, my two mentors, like my two favorite role models, like actually know who they are. It was like worlds colliding. Good answer. Amazing. What's a piece of Torah that changed your life? I really, really like the idea about where at Harsinai, 
we were forced to take the Torah upon ourselves. And then at Purim time, we like remade the covenant with God and it was like out of our own volition. And so that as Jews, we have these, you know, two types of sort of like covenants with God. We do mitzvah because we're commanded to. We also do mitzvah because we want to. And this sort of idea of I do things because like I have to do them. And I do things because I want to do them. I just see it all the time, like in my life. And when I first learned that idea, I was like, wow, those two ideas are really crucial to understanding your relationship to God. It's in Masechet Shabbat. Last question, favorite class or most impactful class in college? Molecular and biomedical anthropology. Okay, fantastic. Gitzel, it has been amazing to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Our second ever episode has been wonderful. It's really great talking to you. If you haven't listened yet to episode one with Jeremy Tibbetts, it's on our Spotify and Apple podcasts and wherever you hear podcasts. Thanks so much for having me. I've never been on a podcast before. This is so exciting. (laughs) It seems to be a theme for our guests. Thank you everyone for listening.